I was just telling Nikki this morning that uh, there's something significant about today. And I don't know what it is. But there's something significant about today. So did you come expecting this morning? Because if you came out of your normal routine, which is good to come to church out of routine. It's a good habit to be in. But we need to be expecting. We serve a big God. He's a God of miracles. And and I was listening to the radio on the way over here. And this is one of the verses... They said, when I see impossible, you see potential. When I see immovable, you see a miracle. Well, there's potential for miracles today. So I want you to raise your level of expectancy right now. I want you to purpose right now that you're going to dig in and hear this word. Have ears to hear have ears to hear. It's a choice that you're going to make right now to have ears to hear so this word gets in on your heart and produces in your life. Because that's how God's kingdom works is through his word. And when that word gets in our hearts and produces in our life 30, 60, 100 fold, that means it's multiplication in our life. So it will produce in your natural life. Amen. Amen. I want to begin by reading the word of the Lord through Dr. Savell in 2020. God will open a new door and bring spirit or supernatural increase as never before. Psalms 115 verse 14 says, He will increase you more and more, you and your children. Amen. Job 8 verse 7 says, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would greatly increase. Amen. Psalm 85 12 says, Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Amen. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, God bless man. Let's turn there. Can you turn me down just a little bit, please? Genesis 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them. Say, he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. In other words, what God did was empowered man to prosper, to succeed, and to increase. And God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food. So we see here that God gave man dominion, blessing and seed. It's all right here in this verse. He gave man dominion, blessing and seed. And so that goes on with, uh, Abram, when God blessed Abram, the Amplified said, with an increase of favors. That's in Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 13, it says that Abram was very rich. So it just took Abram one chapter 
to get the word of the Lord in his heart to produce in his life. It goes on with Isaac that Isaac sowed in the land and it says that he got richer by the day or he increased by the day. So he said that he has given man dominion, blessing and seed. Now I want you to look in Mark chapter four as we talk about this seed that God has given us. Verse 26 says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So we're talking right now about how the kingdom of God works. We live in this world system, but there's also a kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom is within you. So when God, when you get born again, and it's Peter says, we're born again. By incorruptible seed. So when the seed of God comes in you and you become born again, then the kingdom of God is set up within you. So right now we're reading how the kingdom of God operates. And it says that the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Remember, he gave man seed in Genesis chapter one. And should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. So it says as if a man should scatter seed. And it says he, the man, the seed will do its part. It will sprout. It will grow. The man doesn't know how. I don't know how an orange seed becomes an orange. I don't know if that orange seed has a mind of its own that says, I'm going to become an orange. I don't know if it's got to try to become an orange. I don't know what the orange seed thinks about becoming an orange or an apple seed. I don't know how that little seed manifests something on the outside, but everything that that it manifests on the outside was in the seed. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how it sprouts and grows and springs up. For the earth yields, verse 28, crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. Remember that now we're talking about how the kingdom of God operates. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So notice here that what's on the inside of that seed is manifested on the outside. And the seed remains on the inside. Did you get that? What's on the inside of that seed is manifested on the outside. But the seed remains on the inside. That's why Isaiah 60 talks about that his glory will be seen on you because what's on the inside of you will manifest on the outside, but yet the seed remains on the inside. We don't know how Paul says this in first Corinthians chapter three, and he says, I planted, 
Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So notice that it's God who gives the increase. That it's God who set up the system of the seed time and harvest and how the seed becomes something that's what's on the inside of the seed that's manifested on the outside. That God does that. So what's our part? Well, he gave man dominion, blessing, and seed. Who gave the increase? God. Who makes the seed to come? God. He set that up. So this is a spiritual law that's been set up in the earth. I'm teaching here to lay a little bit of foundation of what we're going to get into. It's a spiritual law that's been set up in the earth that seeds produce. A law is something that governs a community. So this is something that as a Christian community, if we want to say that, if we want to call it that, this is something that we live by. This is something that we are governed by. Is the law of seed time and harvest. It's the rules we, will, we live by, if you want to say it that way. So, in order to experience increase, God will open a new door and bring supernatural increase as never before. We must first position ourselves for that increase. And so Dr. Savell's been talking about your vision and thinking bigger. That your thinking uh, affects what you believe. And negative thinking, we got to get rid of. Pastor Justin talked about how we got to change our priorities to experience or to go through this open door. So there's things that we must do to position ourselves for increase. Well, one of those things today is to ask ourselves, are we willing to increase? Because God's not going to force increase on you. Now, he's the one that does the increase, but not if you're not willing to increase. He'll let you not increase if that's what you choose to do. If you choose to say, I don't want to increase. Us four and no more. God's not going to force it. He won't even force you to go to heaven if you don't want to go to heaven. But the spiritual law is set up so that you can increase. So I want to know, how can I position myself for increase? Because I don't know about you, but I want to increase in my life. Now, when God talks about increase, he's not just talking about financial increase. Although this is a lot of what people think about when they think about increase because a lot of people, this is what they deal with. But when he's talking about increase, he's talking about every part of your being. Increasing. How about an increase in peace? How about an increase in joy? Well, I think God's people could be a lot happier than they are. I pray by the end of this service... That you are a lot happier than you are right now. That an increase 
is happening in the spiritual realm as we speak. That the anointing is breaking strongholds in the mind that would cause you not to increase. And so, (laughs) joy, peace, love, patience, an increase in endurance, an increase in anointing to deal with today, an increase in grace that will help us live godly in this evil world. An increase in light where God has flooded us with light and life. An increase in the life of God that's, that's on the inside of you. An increase in hunger. An increase in thirst for the things of God. An increase. An increase. But am I willing to increase? The definition of increase is to become greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. The instance of growing or becoming or making greater. It's growth. Increase is growth. The word greater means considerably above norm or average. One other synonym for the word greater could be extraordinary. Something that is above the ordinary. So greater means considerably above the norm or average. Average means the midpoint of two extremes. Normal. Common. Not out of the ordinary. See, I didn't come today expecting an ordinary service. I didn't come today expecting something that would be common to me. I didn't come today to to experience average. People don't get excited about average. We don't go around saying, oh, praise God. We serve the God of average. We don't say about our kids, son, you did so average today. I'm so proud of you. That was so average. Right? You don't leave church and people say, well, how was church? It was so average. Do we? What we get excited about is we hear, well, God is a God of more than enough. What's that? Increase. God is a God of abundance. What's that? Increase. God is the God of the impossible. What's that? Increase. That's where we want to live. <laughs> so what's average or ordinary about any of that? That God be in the God of increase. God be in the God of abundance. Do you know that he's placed gifts on the inside of every one of us to succeed and excel 
not only in this life but in the spiritual realm to, to win these daily battles. See, no one gets excited about average. Average is just what people come to accept. Common. Normal. It's quiet in here today. I don't know if uh, the turkey is like sitting heavily on your stomach right now. Are you here? But not us. I said, but not us. I said, but not us. We're going further. We're going deeper. We're going beyond the norm. We refuse to accept ordinary. That's where we got to live. We got to live in the land of the extraordinary. We got to live in the land of the uncommon. What an adventure that would be. Well, I don't know what God's going to do today, but it's going to be something amazing. (laughs) You seen that uh, movie, The Incredibles? Yes. And uh, Mr. Incredible is, you know, fiddling with his car and he slams the door and the the car door just kind of caves in and he looks at this little kid and he goes, what are you looking at kid? You know, like, what are you waiting for? And the kid looks at him. He goes, I don't know, something amazing, I guess, (laughs) because it was Mr. Incredible. He wanted to do something incredible. Well, God's the God of incredible. And so what if we came in saying, God, I'm expecting something amazing. I'm expecting something incredible. What if we went to work in the morning and we woke up in the morning and said, God, you're the God of the impossible. You're the God of the incredible. I thank you at work today that I'm going to experience something amazing. That's where he wants us to live. That's increase. Are you willing to increase? Proverbs 8, verse 18 in the message translation. Proverbs 8, verse 18. It says, my benefits are worth more than a big saving, than a big salary, even a very big salary. So this is God talking. The returns on me exceed any imaginable bonus. So if you're looking to a boss for an imaginable bonus, you're looking to the wrong source. If you're looking to a job, For an imaginable bonus, you're looking to the wrong job. Because it's God that says, my benefits are worth more than a big salary. A very big salary. The returns on me exceed any imaginable bonus. I don't know about you, but I like the sound of that. So Paul says to the Corinthian church, why Are you behaving like mere men? 
He says, why? Why are you thinking like a carnal, natural, common, ordinary man? Why is that in your thinking? Because he's made you to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's made you to be more than a conqueror. He's put things on the inside of you. You've got the Holy Spirit and power. That means that the power of God resonates on the inside of us to change the environment in which we live. To make Garden of Edens everywhere we go. The blessing. It empowers us. And so Paul's dealing with this. Why are you, why are you behaving like this? You know, I still got to come and give you milk when you should be eating meat. These spiritual laws that are set into place with which are, we Christians govern ourselves by. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. God wants us to experience increase in every area of our life. You could have lots of money, but be the most miserable person on the planet. So when this woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment, She didn't care what anybody thought. There wasn't anything that was going to hold her back, and there was lots of obstacles in her way. But her mind was made up that she was going to experience and get to her miracle. What are we willing to do? To get to our miracle. What are we willing to do to fulfill the dream that God's put in our heart? What are we willing to give? He said there's some things that God will shift in your priorities. What would you be willing to give up to experience more of God? Because that's a seed that you sow. Oh, man. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. Now you may not know how the increase... God does that. Our part is to scatter. And there is one who withholds more than is right. So in other words, what are you holding back? Well, something's holding me back. No. It's you. You're holding back. Because you're not willing to give it up, so you're holding it. You're holding it. And it leads to poverty. 
Now, when we think of poverty, we think in terms of money. We think in terms of rich and poor. But the word poverty, one definition of it means the state of being inferior in quality or or insufficient in amount. So if I'm insufficient in the amount of joy, then I'm withholding joy. If I'm insufficient in the amount of peace, then I'm withholding peace. So according to the laws of seed time and harvest and increase, these things are seeds that I scatter. And when I scatter them, increase comes. So I may not feel like, (laughs) I may not feel like praising. But instead, I'll choose to sow praise as a seed for increase. Well, Paul and Silas were in prison. What did they have to sow? They didn't have anything. They were in chains. They were in bondage. But the spiritual law works everywhere. Because it's a law in which we are governed by. So Paul says, I know. He said, it's time to praise the Lord. Come on, Si. And Si said, uh-oh-oh. I said, it's time to praise the Lord. It's time. It's time. It's time to praise him. It's time to praise him. It's time to praise him. Maybe maybe some of y'all forgot how to praise and where that comes from. It's not just some song we sing. It comes from the wells of the spirit and thankfulness to a God who gave everything. He gave us everything. Watch this. He didn't hold nothing back. I know that's not good English, but he didn't hold anything back. He gave everything. So in our life, what are we holding back? Well, here's the way we we tend to look at it. The widow woman, when Elijah came to her, the widow woman said this. She said, I do not have bread. Okay. Only 
a handful of flour. In other words, what she was saying was, what I have is insignificant. But it was only her perception of what she had that was insignificant. And she said, I've only got a little bit of flour, a little oil, and a couple of sticks. But she was preparing to take what little she had, hold on to it, and die. Jesus, there's something significant about today. There's something significant about today. Jesus said, when they ran out of wine, what do we have? There were six water pots. And he said, fill them with water. Now on the surface... Six empty water parts might seem insignificant, but it's what they had. And he turned the water into wine so much so that they said, whoa, you saved the best for last. The woman with the jar with Elisha, when asked what she has, she says, I have nothing but... A jar of oil. In other words, in her mind, this seemed insignificant. But the word of the Lord came to Elisha, to her, to say, go out and get as many of these jars and and fill as many as you can. And it multiplied. Peter was in the boat. And Jesus said, can I borrow your boat? So I could preach to all these people. And then Jesus said, Now, since you sowed this seed to me, you gave me your boat so I could preach. You sowed a seed. You cast your nets out, launch out into the deep for a catch. Isn't that right? And what happened? They had a big catch, right? So much so that it did what? Broke their nets. Broke the bank. But notice that Peter, a professional fisherman, who had fished all night, who had caught nothing, had to probably deal with the fact that I caught nothing. We've been doing it. No, no, you don't understand. We've been doing this all night, in fact. So Peter, in order to experience increase, in order to experience something extraordinary, in order to experience something that was out of the ordinary, in order to experience something that was uncommon, he had to do something that was uncommon. He had to do something that was extraordinary. Even when it seemed like In the natural, this wasn't a good idea. But he said this, nevertheless, at your word. 
John, Jesus is preaching and the disciples say, the people are tired. The people are hungry. We need to feed them. Jesus said, you feed them. Well, their mind immediately went to, well, we got $40. We can go buy as much as $40 will buy. So that's not very significant. But this little boy had what? A two-piece fish dinner from Captain D's. It's too bad it wasn't chicken. I like chicken. I'm not going to go any further. So what seemed insignificant with 5,000 people The loaves and the fish. Jesus said, bring it to me. He said, bring it to me. He said, bring it to me. In other words, don't hold it back. Even if you think it's insignificant, don't hold it back. Because you're measuring with the wrong stick. Nikki's dad always used to say, you can't measure spiritual results with a carnal yardstick. In other words, you can't measure spiritual results by man's ways. But Ananias and Sapphira held back what was right. And it cost them. So if you want the greater, the extraordinary, the uncommon, you have to be willing to plant an extraordinary seed, an uncommon seed. Something that is beyond the norm, watch this, in your life. Because that's different for everybody. So what may be significant to you may not be significant to someone else. But what may be significant to them may not be significant to you. That's why Jesus, when he saw the woman with the two mites, she gave everything. But it said, many who were rich put in much. But Jesus was more impressed with what the woman with the two mites gave. Why? Because she held nothing back. She held nothing back. Like right now, you're holding back amens for me. And she held nothing back. I pray that one day if you get to preach, that you won't sow what you reap. I mean, reap what you sow. It's like mom talked the parrot to say, you reap what you sow, you reap what you sow, you know. So there's barriers that must be broken in our lives. To get out of the realm of normal, common, and ordinary. To get out of the realm of average. There are barriers that must be broken in our life. The barriers are in our thinking. 
And so sometimes you have to go beyond your natural reasoning and be led by the Spirit. Brother Joe just told me a story this past week that the word of the Lord came in a meeting that they had that there were two people that were experiencing this, this kind of thing in their life. And you need to run down to the altar right now. Well, two people got up. One lady ran down, prayed for her. She got her healing. The other lady walked down. She didn't get her healing. What was this? This was the word of the Lord that was given specific instructions by the Holy Spirit. One person followed them, the other person did not. One person got the healing, or you could say the increase, the other person did not. What held that other lady back from not running? Well, I don't need to run. I mean, I'm going to get down there. Or, I don't want to mess up my hair. Or, I'm in heels. Who knows? Who knows what she was thinking? But something inside her said she didn't have to run. I remember growing up in, a, in church and, and experiencing this, this wave of, of the revival that was happening. And I remember watching these adults as a, as a boy, watching these adults and, and how women would come in looking so nice with their big hair, dressed so nice with all their makeup, and they'd go out having danced and, and, and cried at the altar and given everything that they had to God in that service that night. That left an impression on me. When we come into church and things become so common and we follow, you know, uh, we have to have this certain amount of dignity. Come on, come on now. Mm, my Lord. But Paul and Silas, they weren't very dignified. When they were sitting in prison, they didn't care. The woman with the issue of blood didn't care what anybody thought. She was going to get her miracle. She was not going to hold back. Because holding back will leave you insufficient in amount. But God wants to bring you increase. More than enough. More than sufficiency. More than what you need. So much so that it overflows out of you. Barriers must be broken. We serve an unlimited God. Can I have the worship team come back up? What you have, no matter how significant it may seem to you, 
or to someone else for that matter, watch this, is the very thing that could bring increase and breakthrough in your life. I'll say this again. What you have, no matter how insignificant it may seem to you, is the very thing that could bring increase and breakthrough in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? The word of the Lord to Brother Copeland for 2020. He said, the Lord is revealing new visions this coming year that will be absolutely stunning. They will include insights, ideas, concepts that have never been heard of before. 2020 will be a time when there will be great increase in dreams and visions. He goes on to say that the laws governing increase and final and uh, that changes will come because of insights and ideas and concepts directly from Jesus to his church. Glorious concepts of how his laws work. This is what we've talked about today is a spiritual law. Laws governing increase and financial prosperity. The laws of the Spirit that release miracles and divine healings and manifestations of His almighty power on the earth. Thank you, Jesus. New concepts of His love. His very person. Insights into the true power and strength of His joy. Now watch this. February 3rd, 1980. We're right on the verge of the greatest move. This is Brother Hagen speaking word of knowledge. We're right on the verge of the greatest move and manifestation of the Spirit of God that this world has ever seen. And he goes on to talk about the, the, the Joel prophesying, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions and they shall dream dreams. What did I just read from Brother Copeland? That there will be a great increase in dreams and visions. This word was just given to Brother Copeland. This word was in 1980. So if we connect these things, the time we live in now parallels the greatest move and manifestation of the Spirit of God that this world has ever seen. Increase. You'll learn much faster spiritual things, so you'll increase in knowledge. That some people will be virtually matured overnight. Increase. 
You'll understand principles of faith. You'll understand principles of the kingdom. You'll understand the laws of God. Increase. The glory of the Lord shall rest upon thee. The glory shall be seen. The glory shall be seen round about you. So in other words, the seed, the incorruptible seed that you've been born again by the word of God will manifest on the outside of you. So it'll be seen on the outside of you and all around you. The power of God and the glory of God shall be increased and shall be multiplied. The Spirit of God will flow like a mighty river. Back in August, the Lord told Nikki that there will be a deluge. What did that mean? A flood. That sounds to me like a mighty river. Well, jump on in. Hey. Why do you want to just go ankle deep when you can go knee deep? Why do you want to just go knee deep when you can be in your waist deep? Hallelujah. Well, don't stop there. Hallelujah. Come on out in the deep end. The water's just fine. He said the glory of God will be seen on the face of his saints. The glory of God shall shine forth until men will walk into a place of business and people will fall to their knees and cry out to God though he said nothing because the glory has been manifested from the seed of God that's on the inside of you. He goes on to say it again. The glory of God will shine through. The glory of God will shine through. Let's say that together. The glory of God will shine through me. The glory of God will shine through me. The glory of God will shine through me. For the manifestation of his power and the manifestation of his glory is reserved unto this hour. Thank you, Father. He goes on to say, you'll flow in the supernatural. See, Paul said, why are you acting like carnal men? We're not just natural. God put his super on us. You'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as a fish will swim in water. You'll flow.
let your mind get in the way. You'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as you breathe the very air. You'll not even be conscious of your faith. You'll not be conscious of what's going on around you. Are we okay right now? Dr. Savell told me a story I'd never heard him tell before. And he said that sickness had come on him and he was set to preach. And so much so that that he could, it was like flu-like symptoms where he could barely stand up. But he was set to preach at six o'clock that night. So he went to the service. He was going to turn it over. I think it might have been Brother Roberts, Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen said, Brother Jerry, it's, it's your time. He said, as he got up in the pulpit, it was like he stepped into the realm of the spirit and he could look over and see his natural body starting to fall over. And he said, in the spirit, I reached out and I grabbed my body and I pulled it up. And he kept preaching. He said he looked over again and his body began to, and he reached over, grabbed his body and pulled it up. Because it became so natural to flow in the spirit. And so being unconscious of what goes of what's going on in the natural, but on the natural, but conscious of what's going on in the spirit. Man, there's. <laughs> Woo. It's this hour. It's this hour. What will you do? What will you do that's uncommon? What will you do that's out of the ordinary. Will you be the person that runs to the altar that says, I've got to be with God. I've got to be with God. I've got to be. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else thinks. With reckless abandonment of everything that's natural. What will you do? Will you hold back Or will you sow yourself? What will you do? Will you do something extraordinary? Will you do something that's uncommon?